Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. Good to see your faces in the house of the Lord. Amen. This evening. We're going to go straight into the word of God this evening. We're going to look at James. James chapter 1. I'm going to be reading a few verses from James chapter 1. You know, one of the things I find fascinating um, about childbirth and children and, and so on and things like that, I realize, just to pause, I realize some of my illustrations have been to do with children a lot in this day and age. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know what that is. I don't know if there's somebody that's, that's going to have a child soon or if there's something going on here. I don't know. But hey, hey let God continue to speak. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> there's a few eligible families, eligible people that can have some children. So hey, <laughs> hey, hey, we'll see, we'll see, but hey, uh, here's another illustration to do with babies, so it's, it is what it is, okay, but um, I, I find it fascinating, the whole, it's a, it's a miracle, if you see or understand the science behind uh, conception and, uh, and, and when the child grows and, and forms in a womb, it is an absolute miracle. It is such a shock to me that people can understand uh, how a child uh, is formed and then still say there is no God. It doesn't make any sense to me. When you look at that, you see everything. Uh, but one of the things I find fascinating is um, the hearing of a child starts from early as 18 weeks so from 18 weeks, the child can hear. Now, come on, there's a doctor right here in the house. She's confirming, amen. From 18 weeks, the, doc, the, the child in the, in the womb can hear. And I remember I started seeing this or started uh, coming across this when we had our first child or when uh, we were, my wife was pregnant with our first child. And I thought she can hear us. Well, I didn't know it was a she then. I thought this baby could hear us right now. I think I did. I think I always wanted to do this, get some headphones, <laughs> put some music on and put it on the belly. I've always, I don't know why I've always wanted to do that. Maybe I watched too much TV when I was growing up. I don't know what it was. But the fact is that they could hear that. And hearing itself is, is such a miracle that, you know, these, these things on the side of your head, they can pick up sound waves and it goes into your brain and you can, you can start to uh, interpret what is going on just by hearing. Now, hearing is such a blessing. There is many people that can hear in the world. Listen, if you have two functioning ears, you're able to understand language, then you can hear. You, can, you know, I'm speaking right now and you can hear me. Can you say amen in this place? So it's easy, it's simple to be able to hear, it's simple to be able to do that. Many things we have heard, many things we've heard that have had an impact on our life. The gospel, that was something I heard, had a huge impact in my life, changed my life. But how many know, listen, hearing is fantastic. Come on, you know where I'm going with this. Hearing is great. It is a miracle. It's fantastic. But hearing alone is not enough. Come on now. When you hear, there must be something that happens after that for that hearing to have an impact on your life. The Bible says it this way. You can't only be hearers of the word, but doers. Come on now. Just so happens that my last name is doer. Just a, just a link. It just happened that way. <laughs> Come on now. Many people have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I go out on the streets. You can go out on the streets right now and speak to people and say, have you heard of a man named Jesus? Or do you know what Jesus did for you? 
And many people, you'll be hard to find in this country anyway, many people, you'll be maybe about 95% of people you speak to will say, well, yes, oh yes, I've heard of Jesus. I know the name Jesus. The name Jesus is not new to many people. You can speak Jesus and people have many different reactions. Some people will smile. They'll be glad to hear you're talking about Jesus. Some people will grimace because they're angry that you're talking about Jesus. But many people have heard the gospel. I remember a time I've used this, uh, this illustration before. It was May 2018. It was the royal wedding um, of Harry and Meghan. Now, you know, that's a bit of a, a, bit of a touchy subject right now, Harry and Meghan. Uh, man, she, she did him wrong. But anyway, hey, listen. It was a royal wedding. And one thing that I will never forget was that bishop that they called to come and preach. His name was Michael Curry. Now, I don't know if you guys have heard his sermon, but if you didn't, listen, go find it on YouTube. Michael Curry, he preached at the royal wedding. And, and the reason why I say I'll never forget it is because this is a royal wedding. There was heads of state there. There was 600 people in attendance. George Clooney was there. Serena Williams was there. Elton John and his husband, amen, was there. Oprah Winfrey was there. Listen, celebrities, loads of people were there in attendance and they heard this man preach. And he didn't just preach a watered-down sermon. He preached fire. Can you say amen in this place? He preached about the love of Jesus Christ, how Jesus Christ came to change, and it was the love. And he preached with such passion and such emphasis. That day, people heard the gospel. That day, people brought it in. But the thing is, people came to hear. There was a green, there was laughing at his jokes and so on. They heard the word, but how many of them did the word? How many of them became doers of the word? Someone is able to hear a word. A doer is someone who can take the word, wrap it up and then do something with it in their life. Someone is able to take the baton and run with it. We're going to get to our scripture now. James chapter 1, verse number 21 to 25. It says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers. Everybody say doers. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does. Look at point of verse number 22. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You see, people who hear the word only, they deceive themselves. People who just take it and they hear it, they deceive themselves. Going back to the royal wedding now, people were agreeing with him. It's like he was saying things about love, about Jesus, and people were nodding their heads as if they were in agreement. I saw a tweet after the wedding, um, uh, an MP tweeted, oh, he almost made me a Christian. I mean, what kind of nonsense is that? You're hearing this and you're agreeing with it, um, but you're not doing anything with it to change your life. Um, you're, having, you're hearing life-giving words, um, but you're not a doer of the word. Um, you can sit in church um, and even agree with the preaching. Um, you can shout out a few amens, um, and that's great and all. Um, but listen, when you hear the word, you need to take it and do something with the word. Can you say amen in this place? 
Many times you see people, uh, they hear the word or even know the word. They can preach the word to you, but they themselves are living contrary to the word. You can't be hearers of the word only. We must be doers. You know, people who hear the word only forget things. Verse number 23, it says, For if anyone uh, is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. Just immediately. I remember uh, walking uh, in, uh, in town in Derby quite early on in our salvation with uh, one of my friends. Uh, and we just come from church. And you know, one of the, the, the words you use in, ch- in church, in Christian language, in Christianese uh, is powerful. I mean, we, we overuse that word, powerful. How was it? It was powerful. Oh, what was church like? It was powerful. The preacher, was he good? Yeah, he was powerful. And it's just one of the things we just throw out there. But I remember I was with my friend and we was going in town, was walking in, um, and we saw somebody who, who comes to the church, but they couldn't make it to that service. Uh, and we saw them uh, and we said, oh, how are you doing everything? And they said, yeah, how was church? And my friend was going off, yeah, church was powerful. Church was great. It was powerful. And the person said, oh, that's good. And they said, okay, what was the sermon about? Is that... I don't remember, but it was powerful. It was, it was powerful. And I'm thinking, you think, what? Here's a person that can hear this stuff. It goes in one ear, but then goes out the other. There's no application there. There's no something. There's no internalization of the word. So it comes in. It, it, it even entertains. You might throw out some amens, but if it doesn't go inside your heart, then all it was was just entertainment. Come on, we can say powerful, but was it powerful enough to change something in your life? Was it powerful enough to break a habit that you continue going back to? Was it powerful enough for you to clean up that potty mouth? Come on now. Was it powerful enough for you to stop watching those things or stop being involved in those things? Was it powerful enough to change you in that way? In Acts Acts chapter 2, we see Peter preach a sermon. Right after the Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost, the fire came down. They were speaking in other tongues. People came around them, said, these guys are drunk. He's like, no, we're not drunk. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. He preached a powerful sermon. And this was the response of the people that heard his sermon in Acts chapter 2. Verse number 37, it says, Now, when they heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to the Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? That's somebody that hears the word and wants to make a difference in their life. Saying, I've heard all you've got to say. I'm cut to my heart. What shall I do? What should we do? They wanted to be doers. In Acts chapter 9, we see Paul and his conversion on the road to Damascus. Literally, Jesus stopped him in his tracks and said, listen, stop persecuting me. And here in Acts chapter 9, verse 6, he says to Jesus, what do you want me to do? Same thing, it's the same heart we have. We hear the gospel, we hear the word. That should be our response. Lord, what is it you want me to do? Acts 16, again, we see Paul and Silas. They're in prison now for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were imprisoned. But we see a huge miracle take place where the jail breaks open. The jailer runs in, is about to kill himself. And he says, no, don't do that. And from there, he gives him the gospel. He himself gets saved, his whole household. And again, he says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Listen, these people understand. I've heard something that is valuable. I've heard the 
the truth. I don't just want to be a hearer. I actually want to do something in my life. I want this word to come inside of me and change me from the inside out. And to do that, you must become a doer. Everybody say a doer. Amen. But hearing isn't all bad, okay? Hearing isn't all bad. It is a blessing to be a hearer. In the same chapter of our verse, we see in verse number 19, we see that hearing is also a blessing. And here it says that you should be swift to hear and slow to speak. Because it is good to hear and be informed. It is the first step. In order to do anything, you first must be informed. Look at Romans 10 and 14. It says, And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? You need to have that first step to get the information in the first place. It's great to begin with just hearing or reading. It's just the first step. It must be followed up by something. It must be followed up by becoming a doer. What a blessing it must have been to say, listen, I was there when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. I was there. I heard it with my own ears. What a blessing it must have been to say, listen, I was there when Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. What a blessing to hear those words when Mark Curry preached about the love of Jesus Christ but what a better blessing it will be to say I heard that and this is the impact it had on my life can you say amen I didn't just hear it and walk away go back to sleep and say yeah that was a nice sermon it had an impact on my life you know I'm fascinated about the amount of information we have in this day and age but still people are unwise come on How many people you see make unwise decisions still? I mean, information is at our fingertips like never before. You can search absolutely anything and with speed right now. All you got to do is pick up. I mean, even when I was growing up, at least you had to go. You had to go to like an internet cafe or something or you had to go to school where the the computers were. Or if you had money, you had a computer at your house and had internet at your house. You had to go to a computer. Now you just flip out your phone. Flip out your phone and start to type whatever you are. We are fully informed and we have information at our fingertips, yet we still make unwise decisions. Can you say amen in this place? We still don't take certain things in. People are still slaves to sin. People are still in debt. People are still making choices that are unfruitful for their lives. Because how many know it? It's good to have information, but that doesn't, it doesn't stop there. We need to take that information and do something with it. You ever met a person that um, told you what to do, but they themselves don't do it? That for me is the biggest issue I have with mankind. I mean, that's, that's a big statement. I know it's a big statement, but it's a big issue I have. When people tell me to do something that they themselves won't do. I have two examples. I think I've used this first one. The first one was, you know, uh, you know my workplace, uh, they got a new gym and, um, you know, there was a gym manager in there and um, uh, his job was, to, he was the manager of the gym and he was like the, the personal instructor. Uh, the personal instructor. Like you can have your own personal instructor in, in the workplace. I was like, man, this is serious. I can finally, you know what I mean, sort myself out and like, you know what I mean, I can get myself in shape and do stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk about who this guy is and, you know, all the qualifications he has and all sorts. And then I met the guy. Um, and let's just say, you know, to look at him, you wouldn't necessarily mistake him for a personal trainer. Can you say him in this place, Right. You wouldn't necessarily say, oh, that guy, that guy goes gym all day. He knows what he's saying because when I was looking at him, 
It didn't really look like he took his own advice. Come on, can you say amen in this place? And I don't really, that really, I don't really hang with that. Somebody, I'm going to do it themselves. Well, I'm not going to listen to you. Why, why are you going to tell me something to do? You're not going to do your own stuff. Another one was somebody who says, listen, uh, you know, I've, I'm starting up a marriage counseling session. Um, I want to be a marriage counselor and I'll be able to counsel you guys and stuff. And, um, and, and the thing is, I know this person. Uh, this person, number one, uh, was not married. Um, and number two, they was engaged, but then it all broke up because they was cheating on each other and stuff. Like, and you're going to tell me how to run my marriage. Come on, come on now. Let's not be silly now, right? Because you can be hearers of the word. But unless you're going to do something about it, listen, don't talk. Jesus spoke about these kind of people in Matthew 7 where he says, listen, take the plank out of your own eye before you start talking about a speck in your brother's eye. Listen, make it apply to yourself first before you start going out there and starting talking about all sorts of things. We need to be doers of the word. You know, a disorder of hearers only is like a disorder called uh, bulimia nervosa. Now, bulimia is also simply known as just bulimia. But what that is, is that uh, it's an eating disorder where people will take in food. They will actually like gorge on food, all sorts. Sometimes they have a big binge for hours. Um, and then straight after, they'll go to the bathroom and vomit it out. So they take all this food in, just take it in, take it in, take it in, loads of it. And as soon as they finish, they'll stick their fingers down the throat or whatever, and then just, it'll all just come out. And, and that's a cycle. It's an eating disorder, and people go on with that. And, you know, that, that is, is, is terrible for growth of the body because you can't get the nutrients from the, from the food you're eating. You can't, your body can't naturally grow because you're not getting nutrients. It comes in, but you're taking it out straight away. Well, there's a spiritual bulimia also when people can walk out of church walk out of a sermon after eating, after eating the word of God, uh, bringing it in. And as soon as they come out of church, they just spew it all out from the way that they live. And the word hasn't had chance to come and uh, nourish your body because as soon as you stepped out of church, uh, someone may have crushed you in your car. Now you're swearing at them. Now you're talking all this. Uh, you're starting fights and so on, speaking like you're not even saved. Uh, listen, when you hear the word of God, it's not just to come in and, and go to the map. It's to come inside of you. Uh, you're to digest it and you should get the nutrients of the word of God. Uh, your life should be changed from the words that you hear, the words that you read. Uh, you should be changed and not spew all out. We should be doers of the word. I want to quickly go over some attributes of doers. First one is, is doers remember. Verse number 25, Bible says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. Listen, doers remember. And the reason why doers remember is because they didn't just hear it. Now they're practically walking in it. And they write this on their heart. Some people uh, memorize scripture. They write it on their bathroom. They write it on their, in their notepads. Uh, doers remember because they want to hold on to the word of God. And they want it to penetrate their life. Uh, and they remember what they've heard because they let it happen and play out in their life. Doers remember. Doers also inspire others. You know, whether you like it or not. People watch what you do. Whether you like it or not, they watch how you behave. They see how you react, especially if you say that you're a Christian. 
Especially if you name the name of Christ. If you've told maybe family members who are not uh, followers of Christ or you see friends at work who are not followers of Christ. If you've told them that you believe in Jesus Christ, listen, they're watching you. They're watching how you react to things. They're watching how you function, how you take in things. And if you, if you are a doer, you don't just talk the talk, you actually walk the walk. And there's nothing more inspirational than someone that actually practices what he preaches. Come on now, can you say amen in this place? There's something inspirational about somebody who can preach or t- talk about the truth and actually live out the truth as well. You know, one of the things I, uh, I love about my pastor, he's coming in next week, I said, uh, one of the things I love about Pastor Chizo is that, you know, when we first came to church, you know, obviously he'll be preaching, that's how we, we knew him, he'll be preaching, um, but he's very relatable. You know, we went around his house many times, um, and how he is standing in the pulpit is exactly how he is at home. It's exactly how he is at work. You're not going to catch him and be like, oh, who is that? No, it's exactly the same person because he's able not to just talk the talk. He's able to walk the walk. And that inspired me. Just watching the man's life inspired me. He says, listen, if I'm going to follow Christ, I need to follow like that and say, listen, it's going to come into my life and penetrate everything I have. Hopefully, if you come to my house, some of you have been to my house, hopefully you see I'm the same guy. I'm not just another guy. I'm not another monster. No, I'm the same guy that I'm standing here because I want to be able to walk the walk. I don't want to just talk the talk. I don't hold this mic and say, do this and do that. And me, myself, I'm doing all sorts of nonsense. No, no, no. I have to walk the walk because I want to be a doer. Can you say amen in this place? And as the doers, the Bible says, they're the ones that will be blessed. Because the reverse of this is also true. Because if doers inspire then people who don't, they will always be someone's excuse. You know, a hypocrite are many people's excuse for not coming to Christ. How many people have heard that before? I don't go to church full of hypocrites. I'm like, I mean, there's, there's many things I could say about that. Do you go work? He said, yeah, well, your work is full of hypocrites too. Why'd you go there? Do you go play? Yeah, I go play. Your, your play is full of hypocrites too. Why'd you go there? But that aside, it is unfortunate that sometimes that can be true. That a hypocrite can push somebody off the path of following Christ because it's such a a horrible sight to see someone talk but then walk contrary to how they are talking. It's such a horrible sight to see that. And that's many people's excuse. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to um, uh, be the cause of somebody else not coming to Christ. We want to inspire people to come to Christ. We want to inspire people to follow Christ. So as people look at your life, they should be able to look at your life and glorify Him in heaven. They should be able to look at your life and say something is different there. Something has changed there. And whatever they have, I want it. They should be able to look at your life and it is doers that are people that are able to inspire others. You know, doers are keen to learn because you learn, of course, by doing. You see, hearing is the theory. Whenever you hear something or you read something, that's the theory. But doing is the actual practical. And it's the practical that brings the benefit, brings the change and brings the, uh, the, the change in your life. It's the practical that, ha- that pushes you to do things. Listen, I remember going to, um, we, we call it Roller World in Derby. It's, it's, a, it's a massive hall. Um, and, it's a, and you can get, bring your roller skates, your inline skates, your four skates. You go there and it's a big skating hall. It's really, really good. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of like not too uh, 
great or graceful on roller skates. Okay, I might, you know, I mean, I have to hold on to the side for a little bit and so on. And uh, my wife is great. At it. I think she's, I think she can skate backwards and stuff like that. Of course, she is. Just graceful, like a uh, elegance, and I'm there like some old man, right? But one of this this place, a roller world, they have um, they have a, a, a time where you can go and learn to skate. And one of the skaters, an old man, he was like in his 80s. He's been skating since he could walk. Um, and he can just skate. It's, it's like his skates are an extension of him. And uh, they, I said, listen, I want to learn to skate. They said, oh, yeah, go to him. I was like, that guy, that guy, are you sure? I mean, should he be skating? And I was like, no, no, he's fine. He, he's actually, he actually skates better than he walks. Can I saw him walking, he's just like kind of, thinking, what are you skating? He's just like skating around like that. And I went to him, I said, okay, how, how can, you know, can you teach me how to skate? And he didn't say much at all. He didn't want to give me too much theory. He just said, do this. I was like, okay, no, no, I want you to tell me how to skate. How do I skate? And then he said, no, 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 I don't want to waste time with that. He says, do this. Because he understands that the way I'm going to learn is by doing something. The way you're going to pick that up is by doing it. And as I started to do it, I could start to get more confident and comfortable with doing that. And that's how I taught my children. And some of the kids, they can skate because I said, listen, just do this. And we started to skate because when you do things, then you start to learn because it is in the doing that you learn. How many know to learn to love, you need to love some people? Come on now. (laughs) God, I want to love people. Well, then just love people. Try and love your brother. <laughs> Speak some nice words to people that are around you. Come on now. Simple stuff. Right? To learn to be generous. <laughs> Give. Come on now. You learn to be generous by putting your hand in your pocket. Stop being so stingy. Stop being so tight, man. You know, you know when you go out with your friends and it's always your friend that picks up the bill. How about one time? Once. When you go out to eat, maybe it's you should pick up the bill. Have you ever thought about that? Come on now. Maybe you should spit into your pocket, right? <laughs> I know some people, man. <laughs> they'll, they'll only come out to, to eat. They'll find out who's paying and they'll, they'll come out to eat. Who, uh, who, are you pay- oh, yeah, I'll come to eat. Yeah, I'll come. I'll come to eat. You paying? All right, I'll come. How about you go and surprise somebody and you put your hand in your pocket and you pay? <laughs> Shock. <laughs> Listen, you want to learn to become patient? Get married, have some children. All right, now. <laughs> You'll learn to be patient in no time. No time at all. You guys with families, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Doers, they learn by doing. And one thing I know about doers is that doers, if you think about it, are not always told what to do. Come on, I'll say that again. Doers, by nature, they're not always told what to do. You see, in verse number 25, again, the Bible says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and it's not a forgetful hero, it continues in it. They continue doing that. That is their heart. Our text says that we should be doers of the word. But how many know the Bible doesn't always tell us exactly what to do? You know, I mean, specifically each state, step you should take in life. But can I say doers don't need that? Doers, they have it inside of them. They have that proactive to get up and go and do things themselves. There are people in this world that do a lot, but they aren't real doers. They're just doing it because people told them to do it. Listen, you pray, I pray five times a day. Why? Because I've been told to do it. That's what I do. This is what I do. I go here. Why? Because it's what I do. Listen, when you do like that, it's just religion. It's legalism. 
That's a list of do's and don'ts. Listen, back in the beginning, God made us in his image and he wants us to develop in his likeness. You know, we have to have a heart that uh, that beats like his heart. God says, listen, David is a man after my own heart because he was a doer. Many times you look that David went out and just did things. You know, when, when Goliath was out there taunting the children of Israel, taunting them, uh, all sorts of blasphemies, it was David that looked at this and says, listen, is there not a cause? Someone needs to go and stop this guy. Because he was a doer. He was a self-starter. He's a mature attribute. Listen, no one wants somebody to have to tell to do something all the time. All the time. I have to tell you to do this. I have to tell you to do that. Listen, you need somebody that has some self-starting qualities. My wife, God bless her, I love her. She says, there's some things I should just know. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if it's just to my wife only. I don't know if other women do that. She says, you should just know. Sometimes I want just clear direction. Listen, what do you want for your birthday? <laughs> what do you want for Christmas? I want some clear direction. Give me something. I'll just go out and get that, right? And she's like, you should just know. And there is a blessing. If I was to just come home and I just get something and, and I, was, I did know. Because listen, you should have some proactiveness about you. As a good husband has been married for almost 14 years. Listen, I should just know by now. Come on. If I don't, I don't know what I've been playing about. But I should just know. Because doers, we should have that proactiveness about us. We're saying, yes, I'm going to do this. and I'm not going to do this. And because I know my Savior. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I know if I do this, it's going to grieve our relationship. I'm not going to do that anymore. Why I am going to do it? It's prayer. I'm going to read it. I'm going to seek his face. Listen, it's plain and simple. Do as they do regardless of if it is cool or if it's not. If it's easy, if it's, if it's hard, we still do continually. Doers don't have to be told what to do all the time. So let's finish this off now. Let's, let's, let's close this off with how to become a doer. How to become a doer. Apart from marrying into my family. How else can you come? A doer. <laughs> Amen. Verse number 25. Bible says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the, work, of the word, this one would be blessed in what he does. The name of the game is application. That's the name of the game. Whatever we hear, when we hear the word of God, when we read the word of God, we should be looking for application. We should be looking for personal application. Whenever you read, you say, how can I apply this to my life? How can I apply this to the situations in my life? In the day and age we live in, it's the Primark generation where we use it once and throw it away. That's exactly what entertainment is. Entertainment is using it, just consuming it, and that's it. There's nothing else. There's nothing else to gain. You just use it, watch it, just veg out there, and that's it. You don't do nothing else with it. You know, one of the, the, the things about being a, a, a preacher is that sometimes people will come up to you and say, that was a nice sermon. And you know, that's, that's a blessing to hear that. You listen, if you say that to me, don't, don't stop saying that. Amen. God, this is not a rebuke. Continue saying that. Amen. I like it. It's a blessing. It's a nice sermon. But... For me, it's like, praise God, that was a nice sermon. But was it nice enough for you to take it and do something with? Was it nice enough for you to take it and run with it? 
Was it nice enough to touch your heart and say, listen, God, I need to change something. Something in my life needs to change. I need to be closer to you. I need to uh, pray more. I need to read more. I need to go and witness more. Whatever it is, was it nice enough for God to come in and push your buttons and say, this needs to change? Listen, I like to say, listen, it was a nice sermon. I like that. It's great. I'm glad. But I would rather that you would consume this spiritual food. You would digest it and apply it in your life. There's a saying that we have as Christians is, come as you are. And I believe that. Come as you are. But some people have perverted that to say, come as you are and stay as you are. No, that's not Christianity. Come as you are. Yes, wherever God finds you, however, wherever state he finds you, come, come, come as you are. But you must not stay as you came. You must leave different. Can you say amen in this place? After experiencing Christ for a number of years, you shouldn't be the same. You shouldn't be struggling with the same things you were when Christ found you. Listen, when every time Christ spoke to somebody in a state... Think about it. You can find your Bible. Pick up any story in the Bible. Whenever he came into contact with somebody and they was in a certain state, by the time he had finished with them, they was not in the same state he found them in. Can you say him in his place? Because they heard what he said and they applied it to their life. They were doers and that transformed their life. Church, we want to take the word of God and not be hearers only but be doers. Who agrees with that in this place? Can you say amen in this place? Um, come on now, let's blow our hairs, let's close our eyes in this place. Um, be doers of the word. The sermon is called Just Do It. Because we can hear things all day, all day long. And that's where it stops, just at our ears. But we don't want this to stop just at our ears we want this to continue to flow in our ears and then come down into our heart penetrate our soul and change our inner being we want the word of God to do that because the word the Bible says is sharper than any two-edged sword it is a discerner of thoughts it should change the way that you think Bible says the word is like a hammer. The word is like fire. All these things that I've described, a sword, a hammer, fire, these things change. These things change. The word of God is designed to change. I'm thinking the word of God, you can't hear the word of God and, and not let it change you. You must accept it. Let it go deep, down deep, digest it. Get the nutrients from it and become a better man or a better woman. When you hear the word, hear it with gladness, yes, but then be doers. Take it a step further. Maybe you're here in this place and you've heard some things before. You've heard the gospel before. You've heard that Jesus Christ loved you so much that he came and died a sinner's death for you. You've heard that. You've heard that he paid the penalty that you and I owe. You've heard that he came to conquer death. You've heard that he came to give eternal life if you believe in him. You've heard the Bible say, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You've heard 
but you've not done that. I'm talking to you tonight. If you're here under the sound of my voice, you've heard this before, you know who Jesus is, but you've not applied that to your life. You've not accepted the gift of salvation. You've not uh, uh, allowed him to come in and change, wash you in his blood, that he can wash away your sins. You could be born again and enter into heaven. If you've not done that, I want to give you an opportunity right here, right now. So if you're under the sound of my voice and you want the opportunity to become a doer and become a child of God, what I want you to do is raise your hand in this place. Um, I count it a privilege to pray with you. You want that. You want Jesus Christ in your life. Put the hand up, but I count it a privilege to pray with you in this place. Jesus Christ is knocking at the door of your heart. You want him. You want to accept the free gift of salvation. Raise that hand uh, if I'm speaking to you. If your heart is beating, your palms are sweaty. If I'm speaking to you, raise that hand. Maybe you're in this place and... You used to know Christ. You used to walk on the path. But I say this many times. The world has dragged us off. You're, you've been uh, stumbled off and now you're off the path. You're off the right track and you're, you're living for the world. If that's you, put the hand up. It's time to come back. It's time, backslider, to come back. Unsaved or backslid in this place. You want Jesus Christ. Come on, raise that hand. Come on, I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. If there's any more in this place, unsaved, backslidden, you want to come back home. It's saying enough is enough. Jesus, I want you again. I miss you. Come back home in this place. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. My brother at the back. Home. Come, man. I'll pray with you. We'll pray with you. Get, uh, Daniel, if you come, my brother, we're going to pray. Amen. God bless you, man. Great decision. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Speaking to Christians in this place, there's many things that we've heard, many things that we've read. And sometimes it's easy to just skip over that and say, yep, that's good, that's good, that's good. But don't apply it into our life. We always need to be doers of the word always need to take his word and apply it to our life always need to take his word and become doers and as we become doers we can inspire those around us we can inspire people to become doers also so let's pray tonight let's ask God to say Lord help us help us to take the word and apply it into our life help us to do all the things you've told us to do you've commanded us to do help us to continue in your word daily to continue in your statues help us to continue church let's pray speak to your creator today speak to your Lord today and ask him to help you with the power of the Holy spirit that you can continue on on this track listen prayer these altar open if you want to come and pray in the altar that's fine if you want to pray in your seat that's fine but let's pray let's spend some time praying take the word and apply it into your life apply it whenever you read it whenever you hear it